I'm Chris. And I'm Ash. And we're Modus Operandi, a true crime podcast. So today, we are going to be looking into a little bit of old Hollywood drama. So, Natalie Wood was a super big star in, like, right at the end, at right at the end of the um, Hollywood studio time period, like when you would sign up for a studio and you worked for that studio. I gotcha. Yeah. So, like, one of the last couple big stars produced out of the studio system, I think. Um, And she would turn up dead under suspicious circumstances in her early 40s while on a boat with fellow star and husband R.J. Wagner and Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. I love Christopher Walken. Except maybe he helped cover up a murder. So yeah, I did actually look into. But maybe told, not. <laughs> when you told me we were doing this case, I did kind of peek into it a little bit, and yeah, he he did kind of look like a dick after all this was over, which is unfortunate because I I do I do really like Christopher Walken's work, <laughs> but I'm I'm not sure. Um, Maybe he has all the integrity. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Officially, this was labeled an accident, and officially, there is no way to really know what happened because she was alone at the time of her death, officially. Mm -hmm. Officially. (laughs) But we'll get there. We'll get to the murder. For now, we're just going to do a quick overview of who Natalie Wood was. Who Natalie Wood was, just in case you don't know. So, she was born in 1938, this is a really long time ago, um, as Natalia... And wouldn't uh, that make her a boomer? I don't know. I'm not good at the generation. Someone asked me questions I don't know. <laughs> she was in her 40s when she passed away in, in 81, so, so she was early 40s in 81. It's been 30 years since the 80s. Yeah, I think... 40 I think, years since the 80s? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she would be a boomer. Before she, She'd be in her 80s. I think that makes her older than a boomer. Or a boomer's that old now. I don't know. <laughs> she was born in 1938, which was many, 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 many years ago. That's what I got. Mm-hmm. Um, as Natalia Zakarenko, which is... I'm pretty sure how you say that name, but it is very, very Russian. Very fun. Very... We like it. <laughs> I love the name. Don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I, I, did I like Natalia better than Natalie. Like, I feel like Natalia sounds like... Okay, but it was 1938 in Hollywood. They don't want anybody who seems too foreign. Right. They like them white folks. Okay. Um. So, eventually she became to be known as Natasha when her mom started getting her into this. And, mm. like, from her birth, pretty much, her mom's trying to get her to be a movie star. Ugh. So, they're trying to make it a little more... Westerns, they start calling her Natasha, and then when she finally gets signed onto a studio contract at the ripe age of four. Four years old. Four years old. This um, is some toddlers and tiaras stuff right here. Her manager. But good for her. I mean, that's, (laughs) she's killing it. I mean, yeah, but at four, like, she doesn't, she didn't really get a childhood. Yeah. I mean, is it like the classic, like, 
Judy Garland type situation where they were like drugging her and making her work ridiculous hours and like I or, don't or did she or was it more sane? So I read her book from her sister who's still alive and wrote a book about um their relationship and their life together and everything. I she never said anything about them drugging her, but she did work really long hours. She mm-hmm. did dangerous stunts. Um, when she was in a movie as a child, she was like running across this bridge that was supposed to blow up when she got over to the other side. Oh, fun! But it collapsed when she was on it, and she broke her wrist. And then her parents wouldn't take her to the hospital. What? So she was like deformed. So she would always wear a chunky oh, bracelets. Wow! On her, I think it was her left wrist. To hide the way that her bone was deformed because it was never set properly. That's really sad. Yeah. Typical momager stuff. I don't know anything okay. about her being drug specifically or anything okay, like gotcha. that. So. I was just wondering, are we looking like Judy Garland? In which case, I mean, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but maybe it does make sense she jumped off the boat. Sorry, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, Yeah. <laughs> We will discuss, um, trigger warning, we will discuss some elements of suicide later on. Yes. Be aware. Um, but she changed her, her name, she didn't change her name, she was four years old. Her right. name was changed by her manager at the time to Natalie Wood. Okay. Natalie being kind of close to Natalia, but American, and Wood from a friend of his. And he just liked the name, I guess. <laughs> she hated it, apparently. Was not a fan. That's funny. Okay. I don't know if I would like being named after a random man I'd never met either, but... Yeah, that's probably fair. Whatever. Um, she is in some movies that you probably have seen. They're big-name movies. When she was eight, she played Susan Walker in Miracle on 34th Street, which um, is... If you haven't seen that, Christmas please classic. fix your life. Okay. <laughs> so she's the little girl who doesn't she, believe in Santa Claus. She's so cute. Oh, absolutely so adorable. She had the biggest, like, are they blue eyes? They look like light eyes. Um, I think they're just like a light brown. Okay. Pretty little girl, though. Like, of course she was in, like, golden age Hollywood. <laughs> I guess that's past the golden age, but, you know. Yeah. So her eyes were actually a pretty dark brown, but I oh, think in the movies, like, they, they looked really light for some reason. I think reason. just because they were so big, maybe. Probably. They yeah. were big doe eyes. Yeah, definitely. She was very, like... And a lot of her career, like, in her 20s and stuff, she'd be in the 70s. So she had, like, a very classic 70s look, like, the straight brown hair parted down it. the middle, the we big doe eyes. <laughs> Perfect for her time. She played uh, the leading lady in Rebel Without a Cause, which I watched specifically oh. for this because I'd never seen it before. It, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's like, the Dean What's-His-Name movie with the leather jacket, right? Like, that is the movie. Yeah, and yeah. I saw it once a long time ago. I I watched it specifically for this. Um, it is kind of the main movie for him because he died shortly after filming it. He didn't get a whole oh. lot of movies. Well, I, I, I didn't did. know that either because, like, you hear the name James Dean. Yeah, like. And I thought that he had, like, a lot more of a career than he did, I guess. But he did, like, this movie was his big one. And then he did one more. And then he passed after that. Oh, wild. Yeah, yeah, I did not know that. Like, to me, like, James, like, that leather jacket situation, iconic. <laughs> he did a whole thing there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I do think that they got close when they were filming, mm-hmm. and her sister would remember, like, these big stars, James Dean and oh, um, yeah. a couple of other people that were in the movie. For sure. Can you her. imagine being Natalie Wood's little sister? Like... But all of them, like, swimming in the pool yeah. after work or whatever, and it was just, like, 
she's like both star studded and also like this is normal. This yeah, these just, are people I know. Right? Um, we're just barbecuing. So I think her death probably his death. Sorry, James Dean death probably did affect her. Mm-hmm. And later on in her life, I mean, I think probably due to a lot of the childhood trauma between her mom and the deaths around her and stuff. And yeah. um, when she was filming Rebel Without a Cause, the forty something year old director. Mm-hmm. Nick Nick Ray. While she's filming this movie with Nick Ray, who's a forty-something-year-old man, they are involved in an explicit relationship. She oh. is like fifteen or sixteen at the time. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, gross. I don't understand that. You're a, a grown-ass man in Hollywood. I'm sure there are plenty of grown-ass women who would be interested in making that a thing. Leave the children alone. But it's Hollywood, it's, so. Yeah, I was about to say it's Hollywood, so it's not exactly surprising. Yeah. When she was a not teenager, shocked. she Disgusting. also dated grown-ass Frank Sinatra as well, so. Ugh. There were multiple relationships with grown-ass men, which initiated from, it seemed, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it seemed like her mom was kind of pushing these things, like, you need to get this part, give Nick Ray what he wants. Uh, sort that's of worse. situation. I'm not saying it's good. Like, uh, there was trauma there. So she yeah. did wind up going to therapy and she talked a lot about how much that helped her. Yeah. That's which kind of makes suicide seem a little less likely, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, I hate that. I, I mean, I'm not surprised that Frank Sinatra was a creep because he kind of had that, like, swarthy, like, ch- pseudo charming thing going on about him, but. He was also apparently like a giant dick to his like leading ladies. Oh wow, wasn't he short? Oh yeah, hella short. <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with him being an overall dick. No, and I don't think it does. Bitch. I just wanted to say something that can perceive negatively. About, okay, like just I just wanted to jab. You know? <laughs> that was my jab. He's a dick. Also, he's short. <laughs> he wasn't even cute though. Like, let's be real. I mean, I, I won't lie. Disagree. I mean, the moon forever, a good song, but other people did it better. <laughs> so apparently we're dedicating this podcast to people who hate Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Back to Natalie. Or actually, can we use her real name? Natalia. Let's, let's just use that. her mom on, not her like real mom, but the woman mm-hmm. who played her mom on Miracle on 34th Street. She apparently developed like a really close relationship with, and she would call her Natasha. Oh. oh, so she liked Natasha. I think so. Okay. We can we can do Natasha. I just like Natalia. Like, that's, like, so... I like Natalia, too. It's yeah. a beautiful name. Yeah, it really is. She did win a nomination for Best Supporting Actress at the Academy Awards for Rebel Without a Cause, which I thought was cool. Dope. Um, she was very young to... Uh, she did other movies and musicals, of course. Uh, another big one that you probably recognize is West Side Story. She played Maria. Oh, wow. Didn't we talk about somebody else that was in that West Side Story that, like, died of a tragedy? Wasn't that a thing? I don't know. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no. West Side Story. Dope. They did dub her voice, which I think upset her because she... Yeah, that's shitty. She sang the songs, but... So, you can hear her real voice if you look up videos of it. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I wrote it down somewhere, so I will find it. You can hear her real voice where she sings in a movie. It was... She wasn't a bad singer, but... It didn't fit. She was not the same level as the girl they dubbed her over with. I gotcha. That still, that would hurt my feelings too. Because she worked really hard, I'm sure, like... Oh, yeah, but... Yeah. I I understand dubbing it. I also understand getting your feelings hurt because you thought you were going to use your real voice. 
her voice you can hear uh if you look up you're gonna hear from me from inside the Davy daisy clover which was another one of her big movies never saw that one um i haven't seen it either i yeah. meant to watch it before recording but i didn't um but you can hear her real voice if you look up that video okay. it's on youtube and stuff i did listen to that portion of it she definitely had a lower register than i think you would typically associate with maria okay yeah but it wasn't bad yeah i'm not like an expert on voices or anything I just, I didn't think it was, You're I thought it was pretty. Class, like, so you yeah. can sing. Like, but anyway. we're going to count that as some basal knowledge. She basically, she did movies constantly. So she was mm-hmm. very consistently an actress until she had her first baby and then she took, Aww. you know, a step back and then she did wind up kind of coming back and getting into it more as she sort of tried, sort of tried to get back into acting like mm-hmm. full time, big time after having her kids is sort of when she started having issues with RJ the second time. And that's what they were fighting about the weekend that she went overboard. Okay. Which is interesting. So how did her and RJ meet again? He was the, was that the the one director or did you say that? No, Nick Ray was the one director. Okay. But she met RJ shortly after that. She was 19 at the time and he was in his 30s. 19 is young. And so they ended up like, for the rest of her life, they were in a relationship on and off again? Sort of. So she, they get married. They get okay. divorced after a couple years. They met on set. He was 18, she was 10 the first time they met. Okay, gross. Um, and at the time, she said that she would marry someone like him when she was grown. Which, I mean, I think that's a pretty... She's a kid. Yeah, I was like, kids say stuff all the time. He took her out for the first time on her 18th birthday. Like, the Ew. second she so was he's legal. Been, like, waiting like a, a predator. Gross. I'm not saying he was. Gross. I'm not saying he wasn't. He is alive. He will sue me. Um, I'm just saying it's weird to me that you would... So he's eight years older than her. Mm-hmm. Was She's it just 18, her and him? Or was it like a he's like 36. A just them. They went out to dinner. Yeah, no. Okay. For her 18th birthday. He's 36, and he wants to date an 18-year-old? Yuck. That's inappropriate. Okay. That's inappropriate. I know that she, like, didn't have a childhood. She probably had to grow up very quickly, but that does not make it okay for you as a 36-year-old man Mm -hmm. or a 36-year-old woman to date an 18-year-old. Yeah, this 18-year... She's 18 now. She's an adult. She can make her own decisions. This should have been the time she could actually figure out who she is and what she likes and what she wants to do going forward instead of what she's been told. You know, this should have been her time to, like, grow into herself. Okay. But she starts dating RJ. Uh, they got married very quickly. It was a very, like, whirlwind-style romance. Mm. Side note. Because he's been waiting for eight years for her to be grown. Okay. Side note. I don't know about that. But anyway, <laughs> side note. Her wedding dress and her veil for the first wedding to Robert Wagner was gorgeous, and I love it. It was, like, a short white dress, and she had, like, a little net. It was so pretty. Oh, that's very, like, 70s, too. It would have been the 60s when they got married. 60s? Silly. But yeah, it was very like, cute. very mod, like very... That's what I'm picturing. Yes. I loved it. That's not really important. I just thought I would share that because, God, it was adorable. And she had this, like, veil thing that went over her head, which just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was digging the whole the whole situation. It was just very cute. Like, very oh, yeah, 60s. It's like, yeah, it's like um, midi-length. It's like... Or T-length. Is that what you call it? It's like a little bit yeah. past her knees. 
Like T length and oh, cute. I was digging this. Little, it's like okay, a, like like a Shaw shoulder. I understand veil thing why an pretty. eighteen year old girl would be like obsessed okay, with this guy. He's handsome. Though. He yeah. is a handsome man. I mean, I can understand like her she was also definitely. Yeah, yeah she's but, gorgeous. But I just mean like he's older. He's got worldly experience. He's in. You I, know, like yeah. I understand her pull. To him. Looking at a photo of RJ, I get the attraction. Yeah. What I don't get is why he would indulge the attraction as a thirty-six-year-old man. No, yeah, this is inappropriate. <laughs> I agree. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. Like I understand her from her perspective. Like she, she won it. So their marriage is fine at first, but it starts to get rocky because she is. Way more successful than RJ. Mm-hmm. RJ was also an actor. He was also in the studio system, but he never really took off the way Natalie did. Some people just got it, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's true, though. Yeah. Um, during Splendor in the Grasses, which is another movie that she did, mm-hmm. she wrote this unpublished article about her marriage that kind of it was like public marriage, private life, or something like that. Okay. But it kind of detailed how hard it was for her to, like, get together their private lives and their, like, public lives. Because they were so different. Okay. Like, she felt like two completely different people, essentially. I gotcha. And you can hear her daughter read um, a lot of this letter in the movie that they made that focused on her life and not her death, you can also hear RJ's uh, story about what happened that night because the daughters 100% believe RJ had nothing to do with it. Okay. So they discuss it on there. It's actually really good. Okay. It's on HBO. Just putting that out there. Um, it's interesting that the children don't don't think he had anything to do with it. They were also very young at the time. Yeah. They wound up divorcing. It had a lot to do with he was mid-30s with a very young wife who was wildly successful while he was just kind of middling. And he called her cold and distant at the time. Maybe because she was working often. Yeah, like, what she's trying to, like... She's trying to cement her career as an adult actress. Yeah. So it was very hard for her to get... And work get. through her childhood trauma and try yeah. to deal with this She's new marriage. She's got a lot going on. Yeah, and she had kids yet? Or does she have kids early? She does not have kids yet. They okay. never had any kids together, her and oh, her. Oh, okay, day. okay. But, I mean, she she does. Like, emotionally, mentally, she's got a lot... There's a lot happening. She does this movie with Warren Beatty. I'm sure you've heard of him. He was kind of a big actor of the time. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and I really like old movies. Rumors swirling that her and Warren were fun. starting a relationship while she was still married to RJ. Well, a lot of rumors like that happen in the Hollywoods. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. She kind of ignored the rumors. Yeah. RJ in the documentary basically said they were false. Okay. That's not what happened. Their relationship was over before she did eventually date him, oh, but okay. that was like after the divorce. Okay, but he acknowledged publicly that she wasn't. Yeah, he on him. said it wasn't true. Okay. She never really said anything about the rumors. She's kind of ignored them. And her sister, interestingly enough, in her novel mm-hmm. said that, and this was another rumor of the time, that she caught Warren, not Warren, I'm sorry, she caught RJ cheating on her with a man, and that's why they broke up. Ooh. I don't know if that's true. I'm going to be honest. I was reading her sister's book, and she seemed 
She was also an actress, not okay. nearly as successful as Natalie. She was more voluptuous, so like not as in at the time. I gotcha. She got typecast a lot as gotcha. like the loud friend. Yeah. Which is super unfortunate and not fair, but. Yeah, but. Her mom was more invested in Natalie's career, but then when Natalie moved on and started kind of pushing her mm-hmm. mom away, yeah. she like doubled down on the sister. Okay. So, so the sister had a lot of shit going on too. She had a lot of shit going on. Lots she of trauma. Did seem very jealous of Natalie at times. I gotcha. She dated a couple of Natalie's exes, which I thought was very weird. I would never date your exes. She married, I think, one of her exes. She also had a lot of marriages and divorces, the sister did. Okay. So, I'm not saying she was making up gossip because she likes the attention. But at the same time, I don't know if I truly believe that that happened. Okay. Maybe it did. But that would fuel the rumors later that right. the reason that Natalie died was because RJ and our um and Christopher Walken were in a relationship. There was a lot of rumors about Christopher Walken, like through the years. Yeah. I mean maybe he is bisexual. Let the man live his life. Yeah, let him do his thing, for sure. But at the time that was not Oh yeah, no, at the time that was definitely not accepted. And there were some rumors that they were like in kind of a throuple situation, which Interesting. I think he was kind of younger than I don't remember how old Christopher Walken was at the time, but he was definitely younger. I don't know. I, I, here's the thing. I've seen Christopher Walken young. I don't believe that that happened. Christopher Walken <laughs> has forever <laughs> been 70 years old to me. I don't know how old he is. It doesn't matter. He's 70. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. So he was born in 43. The film was, okay. He was 30 years old. Never mind. Redacted. So he was an appropriate, okay. So, anyway. so there was talk that there was a throuple kind of situation going on as well. But, okay. We'll get to that. Sorry. I mean, I maybe they were just ahead. friends. Shoot. Maybe they were in a throuple. If they were, it's nobody's business. Let him do what he want to do. He's a 30-year-old man. If they man. were happy and They're following... They're in their 40s. RJ's in yeah. his 60s. <laughs> if they were following each other's um, guidelines and boundaries, like, get it. No judgment. They divorced. <clears throat> he calls her right after the divorce, and he's like, I think we made a mistake. I want you to go to Europe with me, because RJ was going to Europe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to let this go. Okay. And she was basically like, I need to separate myself from you. And so she did not go. He goes to Europe. He gets married. He has a couple kids. Well, that was fast. Okay. Well, I mean, over the next, up until he meets Natalie again. This is what's happening. Okay. He gets married. He has a couple kids. He gets divorced. All right. Life goes on. She dates Warren on and off for several years. It's... Everybody, pretty much her sister and everybody mm-hmm. else, basically said this was an extremely toxic relationship. Okay. They, like, would fight intense fights, but then they would, like, make up. And then they would have, like, intense highs. Ugh. And then intense lows. I hate that. I hate that for her. Because she's never... It doesn't seem like she's really had, like, a solid, normal relationship up to this point in her life. And oh, so right. now she has no good, like you know, model for what a relationship should look like and what that should be. And now she's got these real highs and real lows. So of course she's just ate up with all of this. Well, eventually they split up. Okay. During one of these splits with Warren, after one of these like intense fights, Mm -hmm. she has a family friend, a director, um, whose name I have here to do. Where the fuck is his name? Oh my god. Mart. 
He's a playwright, a personal friend. He's there at her house sleeping over, and she takes a bunch of pills. Shit. Which she had, like, sleeping pills and all sorts of stuff in there. So maybe they Mm -hmm. were, like, kind of keeping her up. I don't know. Anyway, she attempts suicide, but she calls out to Mart, and he gets her to the hospital, saves her life. Got it. Um, this is the only time that anybody knows that she ever committed suicide, or attempted to commit suicide. Okay. After this, she starts going to therapy. She forces time in all of her, um, roles for her to be able to go Mm -hmm. do her therapy as she needs. Good for her. Um, and I think at one point, I can't remember anything. Oh, God. The Jewish actress that everybody, that, like... Rachel was obsessed with in Glee. Oh, Barbara Streisand. Yes, Barbara Streisand. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Asked her how she fit, like, therapy into her schedule at some point, which I just thought was cool because, like, that's what she was kind of known as. Like, she was... Yeah, like, she was known for the girl who got out of the, the right. bad mental state. Like, that's um, awesome. It seemed like she got in a much better place. Working on yourself. I love it. She winds up dating and marrying Richard Gregson, and they have two daughters together. Okay. Um, and this was a good relationship. It was much better. It was a sweet relationship. They went and got married at a Russian church, which I thought was sweet because he's like yeah. honoring her heritage a little. Yeah. Um, during this time, she would also take a role where she played like a Re- Russian scientist, and she would take some like classes and stuff. And very I don't know. cool. So she's getting in touch with her roots, with right. herself. I feel like she was just we really settling into herself a yeah. little bit in this relationship. Good for her. She obviously deserves it. Um. When they did the documentary, he still, like, spoke very fondly of her. Like, he mm-hmm. still clearly was very much in love with her. Aww. Which was sad. Yeah. I don't know. They had their two kids, which was adorable. But after they had the first baby, he felt like... So her attention and her focus and everything in her just, like, very much focused on this baby. Mm-hmm. I think it might have had to do a little bit with the way that she was raised. Like, her mom was intensely focused on her career and her life, and, like, that was everything. Right. Her dad got a job at the studio working in the props department. Like, everything was in the studio. That was her life. Like, everything about her mom was focused on her. Mm -hmm. I think she was trying to do, like, the opposite, but at the same time kind of did the same thing. So she, like, hyper-focused on her baby, and he felt ignored. So he winds up cheating because... Okay. Shit I don't happens. want to say that's like such a man thing, but it honestly is like it's unfortunate though because it seems like it seems like they had a good thing going here. I and think so. They too. hit a they hit a bump, and I'm not one of those people that thinks that infidelity is like completely something that every single time should be like the end. Like, and it sounds like maybe they could have worked through this, but so that makes me a little sad. If everything else was great and up until that point, and they had like a healthy situation, I mean, I kind of agree, but I also see. I don't know, if you're not the kind of person who can forgive and forget and move on. Exactly. And that's going to constantly be brought up. Yeah. It is better to split. No, definitely. And it seems like after they split, they maintained a very healthy relationship for their girls, which... Good for them. I think overall is a better... I mean, either Probably way. a better solution. Yeah, either way. I mean, I'm just honestly glad at this point. Like, I'm happy for Natalie. Like, she finally found some, some peace, some, like, level of... So it sucks. It does. It sucks. Big bucks. Yeah. Okay. But they move on. Yeah. Her daughter also wrote a book on her, like, life with Natalie as her mom, which mm-hmm. was very well worth the read. 
didn't have a lot of, like, important information as far as the murder and everything went, but yeah. I just thought it was well worth the read as far as, like, seeing who she was as a person, like, yeah. a sweet, like, really devoted mom and yeah, a lot of cool stuff. If you're interested in that, it was a good book. But after she breaks up with Wagner... Well, it's nice to see that, like, a Hollywood starlet didn't turn into, like, this monster mom, because I feel like that happens a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fair. And she did, like, kind of back off of acting a while, too, so she could, like, really be there for her kids. Yeah. And uh, that was something she talked a lot about in her interviews, was how hard it was for her to tell herself that it was okay for her to go back to acting and, like, have Mm -hmm. her career, because she wanted it. Yeah. After she had kind of gotten over her mom thing, and she does this really great movie called Gypsy that was sort of, like, very much an homage to her life. Oh, really? Where it was dealing with the momager and, like, okay, kind of learning to tell her, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do now, and, like, yeah. this is my life. Right. Setting healthy boundaries. We love yeah. to see it. <laughs> okay. So it's a really great movie, if you want to watch it. Um, <laughs> she divorces Richard Gregson. Mm-hmm. She re-meets RJ at a party, and she said so many times that she was so lucky that they met each other again at the right time, and neither one was afraid to tell the other one their true feelings. So they wind up, you know, confessing that they still had feelings there, that, you know, Mm. they kind of wanted to try again, and they wind up getting back in a relationship. Okay, now that they're both older and wiser, and she's worked through some of her shit. And he's worked through some of his shit. Hopefully. So he has a daughter that he had with his previous wife. And the two sons that his previous wife had, so his stepsons, that are still very much involved in his life. And he helps raise them as well as his daughter. So he's probably a really good dad. So they move the two sons, the daughter, and Natalie's two daughters into this big house. And they all live together. And then they have all these parties. Brady Bunch style. stars. And like... Everybody just says they were happy, they were perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. Her um, personal secretary would talk about how they would um, plan around so that, but, like, they there weren't both away. Yeah, there was always the somebody there. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, good job was, co-parenting. He was doing a TV show in Hawaii, and she got the opportunity to do Brainstorm with Christopher Walken. Okay. Initially, they'd planned it so that she would leave for North Carolina to do on-set filming. After he got back from Hawaii. But the dates wound up changing. And they were both going to be away from the kids at the same time for the first time. Okay. Like, in their relationship. Okay, how old are the kids? Um, so his kids are older, like, pre-teens to, like, 10-ish. Okay, but they're still, like, children. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Her daughter is, like, seven and I think, like, three or four. Okay. The younger daughter doesn't really remember much of Natalie. She was much more attached to the nanny, Willie Mae, which they talk about a lot. Which is sad. sad. Yeah. But, I mean, she was so young when Natalie passed. So they're they're still young, but as a one-time thing, like, this was originally planned, I can't help that the thing changed, but I can't back out now. Right. Things happen, like, I don't know. any parent ever would, would say that, like, sometimes schedule things happen. You kind of have to work it out as it comes. And it's not like they don't have a dedicated nanny that's there all the time. It's like the kids wouldn't be looked after. Yeah. They had some, they had a child care situation. But this caused some tension. Between? Evidently. Between RJ and Natalie. Okay. 
again, this is something that she's talked a lot about, about how hard it was for her to give herself permission to go. Yeah. To act and stuff. And he's kind of making her feel bad about it. Okay. I can imagine that would lead to conflict. Yeah. On the set of Brainstorm, which is a sci-fi movie, it is mm-hmm. god-awful. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a bad movie. They did have to, like, change a lot of the story at the end and after Ash, Natalie passed. And Ash loves... Oh, I love shitty sci-fi movies. Yeah. Loves them. So the fact that you said it was bad makes It me, was bad. For sure, I don't <laughs> want to watch it. It so bad. <laughs> but I think this is, like, Chris Walken's, like, big break, man. This oh, is okay. one of his first big movies. Okay. It was so bad. Get it, CW? But she meets Christopher Walken on the scene of Brainstorm because he's going to be her opposite lead. Okay. She's the leading lady. He's the leading man. The director said that it was very hard to film them together because they had no chemistry and they're supposed to be involved in this like sort uh, of relationship oh, sort of thing. <laughs> and um, in particular, they have like a sex scene somewhere in the movie. Oh, great. Which was, it was laughable. Like, I want to be nice, but it was a bad movie. It was a bad pairing. It just... Didn't work. I don't think she was innately a bad actress, even though she did win Worst Actress of the Year at one point. How rude. It was like a... Why is that even an award thing, though? That's just... Well, it's like a like a Razzie-style kind of thing that okay. Harvard hosted, and okay. she went to go get the award in person. At the time, she was the only person who had ever went to go accept the award in person. She, she had, like, a very good spirit about it. Like, yeah, like, she had a very good sense of humor. I love that for her. I thought that was hilarious, and I love that. Yeah. I like that she's somebody that didn't take herself too seriously. I think it's important to be able to laugh at yourself. On the flip side, one could say self-depreciating humor is dangerous in itself, but we'll, I don't know. we're My not going to get into that. My point was more... That yeah. I didn't think she's a bad actress. I don't think Christopher Walken is a bad actor, obviously. Yeah. I just think it wasn't a good pairing and the movie was awful. And that <laughs> happens, you know. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's important that they didn't have any chemistry because, I don't know, it's very hard for me to believe all these rumors that there was this, like, a throuple or some sort of, like, cheating romance style thing going on. Oh, okay, yeah. Watch just that clip of the movie and tell me that you, honest to God, think these people have seen each other naked. <laughs> Like, honestly. Or want to. <laughs> Just like, going into the trip, her and RJ are arguing. It's They do Thanksgiving first, and it's the Thanksgiving weekend that they go on this trip. Okay. The weekend after Thanksgiving. Her and RJ are kind of having a bit of an argument. A lot of their friends kind of noted that there was a lot of tension. Some of them refused to go on the trip despite being invited because they didn't want to be involved in the tension. Dude, same. The same. Yeah. That is the worst. When you're, like, in a group situation and there's clearly a couple fighting, like, clearly fighting, and they're just trying to pretend, like, everything's fine, I would literally rather you guys just go out back, fight it out real quick, let's come to a solution, we'll revisit the fun later. Because the air is crackling and it's ruining my good time. It really is. I can't even get a buzz like this. (laughs) But there's obviously some tension. Yeah. Attributed mainly to the fact that they had broken their agreement, that some, they were both away at the same time. Okay. He thinks she's working too much. She thinks she has a right to work if she wants to, which, amen, sister, do your thing. Yeah. But I, I do understand why they were both upset. I think that clearly the conflict resolution skills were not on point this particular instance, but I understand both sides why they were a little peeved. So this weekend, they're going to go 
Sailing on the Splendor, which is the name of their boat. They've had in the family for a while. Cool. They've Dope. taken the kids on it. They've gone on vacations on it. Um, their second honeymoon they spent on this island. Mm-hmm. Um, Catalina Island is off the coast of LA. Ooh, so they've sexy. been here before. She's cool. been on the boat before. This sort of thing's happened. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, which I think is why so many people talk about this as like being suspicious because it's just so odd. Right before she gets on the boat, right before all this sort of stuff happens, she does an interview mm. where she talks about her fear of dark, deep water. And how this has been a fear that she's had, like, since childhood. I think that's a pretty normal fear. I'm not going to say it's not a normal fear. I just, it is weird, though, that, that she, she would mentioned it. About. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, in context with, she loves going on the boat, but at night she tries to stay, you know, as far interior as possible because she's terrified of the deep dark water right before this trip which is could be the universe's weird way yeah they ask several people they say no for various reasons it's tense they don't want to go um oh we have the boys this weekend whatever the Mm -hmm. reason is i think oh yeah they have a dinner before they go with a friend who wasn't able to make it because i think it was her kid's birthday or something Right, adult things. Have you ever tried to get a group of adults, everybody, to go on any event, even for a couple of hours? It is a move difficult. <laughs> and this seemed to be kind of a last-minute trip. Yeah. So they do a dinner, and then they head out the next morning for Catalina Island. Robert's stepson said that Natalie was feeling kind of weird about going on the boat. Just before they left, like, she had expressed some discomfort. That's weird. Could it have been intuition or some type Possibly. of premonition witchy thing? Or maybe she just didn't want to be enclosed on a tiny space with Robert, who she'd been fighting with, and Christopher Walken, who, for some reason, apparently, had inserted himself into this fight. Well, he I guess he was Ew. co-starring with her, and so he was, like, trying to defend her. Like, you know, you need to let her work. Like, you're being unfair. Like, okay. but still, inserting yourself in a couple's fights never. It's it's not a great idea. So now him um, and Christopher are kind of beefing as well. I got it. Him and okay. RJ are kind of beefing as yeah. well. I understand. I understand the the urge to want to defend your your friend. Your friend, yeah. Awkward though. Very awkward. Natasha, who is actually Natalie's daughter, she named her Natasha. Maybe oh, okay. she really just really liked the name, and she was like, oh, "Nobody's gonna call me this anymore." So I'll just yeah. Um. Begged her not to go before she left. She had had a nightmare and didn't want her mom to go. Aw. Which is so sad, but also, like, premonitions? Yeah, children sometimes are able to tap into things. It's spooky either way. That's, like, some movie shit right there. Like, in itself. That was actually mentioned in the, uh, the movie thing. Oh, was it? (laughs) (laughs) What do they call movies about people's lives? Documentaries. Yes, documentary, Mm -hmm. the biopic. Biopic, Um, yeah. Chris? RJ and Natalie go off on this boat together. The only other person there is the captain of the Splendor, Dennis Davern, who would kind of fuel the talk later. Like, he came out and said, they're not telling you everything. More happened on that boat. But he never elaborated. Like, he wouldn't say exactly what happened. He just said that Christopher and RJ were lying. Like, more happened on Mm -hmm. that boat. Like, that's not the true story. But then you won't tell everybody what it is? Yeah, see, I don't know if that's just, like... Somebody trying to get attention, or maybe he like said that to like like trigger the paparazzi only to like try and like get money from them or something. Like, 
don't know. To me, that could be selfish, but it also, maybe he does know something and he's just like, but if he knows something, why won't he say something? Like, tell us. That's who's on the boat. It's just four of them. To me, it's weird that you would go on a boat with a couple. Like, that in itself. I mean, he was invited. I know, but normally, like, everyone else bowed out and it's just the couple and you know. So you still want to go? Invite a friend. Yeah, like, if it had been, like, another person. Is Christopher Walken married now? Dude, I don't even know. I don't know his life like that. So he was married at the time. Yeah, where's wifey? He's been married to Georgian. Georgian? Sorry, I was expecting an A at the end of that, and it's an E, and it, like, threw yeah. me off, because I was going to say Georgiana, because that's, like, a normal name. Right. But then there's an E, so that's not her name, and I just... It broke me for a moment. Anyway. They got married in 1969, so they should be married. Where the fuck is she? Why don't you invite your wife, Walken? That's weird. Why that's are you question. going out with them without where's your Georgian? wife? Where's, where's Georgian? <laughs> See, now that's bothering me. I didn't even think to look that up before. I don't know why. It just didn't occur to me that it would be weird for him to go out. I was just like, yes, this is the events as they happened. Like, it did not occur to me to be like, yeah. but why is that the events as they happened? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering, was... Maybe is she ju- was a busy lady? I don't know. She's sick? Is she working? Is she cool that you're going with Natalie Wood on a boat? What's happening? <laughs> but it's weird that they're just, like, going on a boat together. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's weird, but who knows? Know. Where is his... Like, it's... This is Thanksgiving. Where is yeah. your wife? This is a holiday. It, I you just, don't have anywhere else to go? I forgot Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's what? what he said. He said he didn't have anywhere else to go, but, like... Well, that's sad. This is a holiday. Where is your wife? Maybe they were on the outs. Where's his family? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about his family. Listen, this is what I know. Okay, I'm sorry. Christopher Walken, why the fuck were you on the boat? (laughs) Christopher Walken, according to your Wikipedia, you have been married. (laughs) You have been married since 1969. Where's George Ann? (laughs) Where was George Ann? The weekend of the boat trip. Why was she not there? Why are you going to get on a boat with a couple and not invite your wife? So it explicitly said she wasn't there or it just said that these three people were These these are the only three people that were there and the captain. Okay. All right. It's weird, but... If she was there, it would be mentioned that she was there. Yeah. And like the cop, there was... I read the... You can... You know, the transcripts of their investigation. Sure. So if she was there, they would have questioned her as well, but she wasn't questioned because she wasn't there. Where is George Ann, Christopher? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. They go to this bar earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. The As water is. is not super great. It's, like, rainy. It's choppy. It's stormy. It's, like, not great weather to be on a boat. Why are they on the boat? I don't <laughs> Why didn't they just cancel the boat trip? Like, they knew the weather was shitty. They were like, yeah, oh, wow, the, the weather is shitty. shitty. All of just... your plans bailed. You're fighting. Why are you on the boat? Why are we going on the boat? Why didn't we cancel the boat trip? So much could have been avoided if you had just canceled the damn boat trip. Yeah. This, ugh, it sucks. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and it sucks. Well, they also didn't bring the kids, which they normally do, so it was like an adult boat trip. So I wonder if they were trying to reconnect, maybe, or, like, get the fight over with before they went back to the kids, like... No, I But then why do you invite everybody? Yeah, I understand wanting to get the fight over before you get back to the kids, but why would you choose to go out on a boat, which is supposed to be a leisurely, like, fun activity? Why? I'm just... Get a hotel room, scream it out for a few hours. Yeah, do it. You've got money, like, get the rooms next to you so you don't bug anybody, like... Sure. I don't know. This whole thing was weird to me, but whatever. They go out on the boat, despite the shitty weather, despite the fact that everybody canceled except for Chris. There is literally a storm (laughs) brewing. Literally and figuratively. Everything is happening. It's also November. 
So the water's not even warm, so you're not going to go swimming. So you're just sitting on a point boat on, getting drunk. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't think the point of going on a, a yacht, a full yacht... Oh, excuse is, me. Is, is excuse to, me. ...is to go swimming. They don't care. <laughs> They're drinking champagne. Listen to me. $1,000 champagne on a whole thing. They're the, not, they don't want to swim. The recorded clips from their honeymoon showed them jumping off of the bow of the boat, or the... The Whatever. front part of the boat. <laughs> we don't have a boat. We, have <laughs> we live in Florida. I don't care about your boat. <laughs> we live in Florida. We should know more about boats. <laughs> Whatever. The front part of the boat. Your husband is a sailor. He was in the Navy. <laughs> the parts of the boats. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever the front part of the boat. They were diving off the front part of the boat into the water is my point. Alright. So it's not like they haven't swum before. So don't come at me for swimming. Okay. Just saying. It's not the point of the boat. Whatever. The boat sucks. They moor the boat in the harbor and they get on a little dinghy and they go to the restaurant on Catalina. Why would you? And they get drunk. Okay. No, that part I understand. I understand <laughs> going to Catalina and getting fucked up on the island. I'm here for that plan. Um, I just, I don't think getting into a dinghy in the middle of a storm seems like a good choice, but I'm not here to judge your life choices. It's not necessarily like, you know, like, and they're also harbored, so they're not, they're not, they're just riding the dinghy, like, from the boat to the shore. Like, it's not like a long dinghy ride. This is serious. This isn't, this is potential murder here. I mean, it is. I just, I just have questions. So many questions. I'm just, I don't know. I, like, laugh when I get, like, uncomfortable, and this whole thing is just... Same. The fuck? Same. I'm just, like, laughing, but it's inappropriate. It. I'm trying not to. So, night of the events. This is... They're off the dinghy, getting onto the island where they can get drunk. Yes. So, Doug's Harbor Reef is the name of the restaurant. So, cool. on Catalina Island in the Isthmus. Isthmus? Mm-hmm. It's a fun word. I have a lisp. It's very hard to pronounce. Anyway. <laughs> the lisp has gotten better over the years. I've worked on it, but I still sometimes there are words that I just cannot do. That is one of them. The my, fun curve My part. fake lisp is also excellent, in case anybody cares. Because of mockery. And bullying. <laughs> She's a bully. Destroy her. Cancel her. <laughs> anyway, Don Whiting, who is the night manager of mm-hmm. Doug's Harbor Reef, told the cops that... The group of four arrived sometime before. Oh, so the captain's allowed to drink too? Yeah, the captain was also getting drunk. Get it, dude. That's He's like, supposed to be driving a boat. This is a bad decision. You're right. That's illegal. <laughs> you will get fined for that in Florida. Speeding ticket? Probably not. Ticket while drinking while driving on the boat? Yes. Definitely, yeah. John Whiting, the manager, arrives at work between 1,600 and 1,700 hours. That's 4 to 5 o'clock. He okay. says they're already here. They're already have been drinking. Like, they are already getting crunk. It's 4 p.m. That's fine. On a Tuesday. Please tell me it was a Tuesday. Uh, no. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They, they left for the weekend, remember? Oh, that's right. Okay. It's, uh would have been Saturday night. Personally, I am a day drinker. If I'm going to drink, I would prefer it be the day so I can deal with my misery that evening. So the next day, I'll just be fresh as a daisy. I get that. If I, like, start drinking in the day and I can keep, like, a nice buzz without getting super drunk through the night is mm-hmm. usually what I prefer, but I don't usually get hungover. I do. They remain at the bar until <laughs> 7, 7.30, um, at which time they're seated for dinner. So they're still here. 
Um, he says the group left the restaurant to return their boat at approximately 2200 to 2230 hours. That's 10 to 1030. So they've spent about three hours at dinner. <clears throat> they've been drinking pretty consistently bottles and bottles of champagne. Um, Don, the manager, says they appeared drunk to him when they left. That tracks. Yep. At this time, he was concerned for their ability to pilot the dinghy back home to the boat. So he calls uh, Kirk Craig, who is the um, harbor patrol guy in the area, and he tells him to make sure the group reaches their boat safely. So Mr. Craig kind of escorts them in their dinghy back to the boat to ensure that they have gotten there. That was very responsible. Good job, manager. Yeah, that's A plus night managering of a bar. (laughs) Yeah. Um, According to RJ, at the time that this police report was taken, Mm -hmm. his story would change later, but at the time the police story was taken, RJ said that the last time he remembers seeing his wife was at about 11.45. He realized his wife was missing around 1 a.m., placed a radio call for help. Don Whiting, the how, same manager guy. How big is this boat? I'm assuming they looked for her. I mean, it's a yacht. It's, I think it's a 60-foot yacht. It's a big-ass boat. Okay. They said that, and I was like, well, that seems small enough that you would hear somebody, like, fall over the edge and, like, scream for help, but I don't know. Um, I wouldn't... Honestly, I wouldn't think so, because it's like... I had a very hard time, like, visualizing how big that is. I just imagine, like, on a boat, there's a lot of, like, just ambient, like, water sloshing. You're going to hear, like, the low hum of the engine, well, the I engine imagine. the engine would be off because they're moored. It's <clears throat> a fair point. But you're still going to hear the sloshing of right. the water. Like, it's still, like, there's there's a lot of there's ambient a lot of noise. noises. Yeah. I feel like I want to go get a measuring tape now and, like, <laughs> see what a 60... But I feel like that's a big-ass boat. So, from the goal line to the 20-yard line of a football field, it's the size of this boat. Okay. It's still a big boat. Yeah, I was like, it's a big boat, huge but... Huge mongus. Okay. Yeah. Um, the night manager, funnily enough, is the guy who hears the radio call for help, because he apparently lives on a boat. Okay. And during, like, while he's awake, he just has the radio on to, like... Yeah, some some boat helplines. I don't know. People do that. I don't know why, but yeah. Um, like our dad does weird shit like that. Like listens to police scanner. Like what are you doing? Yeah. No, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> are you secretly a superhero? Because if you are, and I didn't get any powers, I'm mad. I'm very upset. <laughs> <laughs> How do we remedy the situation? Do I need to jump into a vat of radioactive waste? What's happening? Did you get bitten by a spider or? <laughs> It got into a sand experiment. Or what about that, like, have you ever seen, like, the ones that they get electrocuted, like, that whole thing? Yeah, did you get electrocuted Let's while think. touching toxic waves? Are we in a multiverse? What's happening? Are we secretly gods from a different planet? <laughs> who I just sort it. of have powers? No, because if we did, hopefully we would age less quickly. <laughs> yeah. If that's the case, we failed. So he's listening to the boat radio thing. At approximately one thirty in the morning is when he gets the phone call that they need help. Or not the phone call, but like the radio. Mm-hmm. Roger, roger. I need help. My wife is missing. From a boat. From a boat. 
an SOS. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. I'm a genius. Anyway, he calls a friend on the isthmus to go to the Wagner boat and tell him, what's up? Do we need to go search? Mm-hmm. So this guy's like, kind of got his fingers on all pie. He seems, you know. Um, small islands and stuff are weird like that, where they're like, people are wearing multiple hats. Yeah, that makes sense. They go there on the boat, and they see that the dinghy is missing, and so is Natalie. They begin searching, uh, with the harbor patrol, and Baywatch, and the private searchers, uh, and the LA County Sheriff Office, they all start looking. They don't call in the Coast Guard for a few hours, which, a little weird, but whatever. Coast Guard eventually shows up. They find her body using a helicopter, approximately 200 yards off of Blue Cavern Point in the Isthmus Isthmus area of Catalina, a little bit north of where the dinghy was found, near the shoreline. They find the dinghy a couple hours before they find her. Mm -hmm. The dinghy still has the oars strapped to it. The key is in the ignition, but it's off. So there was obviously nobody ever in the boat, because you would have to unstrap the oars to get in the boat. Why would you have to unstrap the oars to get into the boat? Because they're, like, strapped on top of it and kind of, like, tied down. Oh, So if, like, you're going to try to get into the dinghy, like, the oars would be blocking you. I thought they would be, like, on the sides, but okay. Gotcha. I guess so they don't hit in the water. Okay. I don't know. Makes sense. At this time, they question RJ about whether or not this could possibly be suicide. Would she have thrown herself in the water? But then why would she take the dinghy? Why was the dinghy, you know? Why was, why was the dinghy unused? Why would she take the dinghy? Why would she choose to do it in a way that she's terrified of? Interesting questions. Like, pretty. Uh, he said that she was not suicidal and that she was in pretty good mental health. And mm-hmm. um, I think her therapist kind of backed that up. Like, you know, she's doing good. Okay. John Whiting obviously was one of the private searchers because he's been involved in literally everything else. And he was one of the couple of people who found the dinghy. And he was the one that kind of mentioned how the ignition was off and the oars were still strapped to it, <clears throat> tied down. They took her body, placed it in a hyperbaric chamber until they could get somebody there to do the um, actual investigating. She had a puffy down jacket on at the time, along with, she's not wearing any underwear, which was mentioned, I don't. Nope, that's important, but whatever. Uh, no, some people just like to let let the lady breathe at night. I sleep totally naked, so I'm not judging. I'm just telling you what was found. Okay. It was cold, obviously. It's November. Mm-hmm. Catalina Island is like... And something that I have learned in my recent travels to the Midwest. When you are near the water, there is a lot more wind blowing. That is a lot cooler mm-hmm. than if they, you are not near the wind. So, Yeah. And the water was cool. So it would make sense that she was wearing, like, a flannel nightgown and the jacket and everything. If she was going to go outside for any reason. Like to cool off after an argument, perhaps? Perhaps. She had a number of bruises to her arms and legs. Like, just individual bruises or, like, bruising from hitting the water? So, that really depends on who you listen to. Because okay. when they do the first autopsy, they say that it's basically consistent with her having hit the boat and then grabbed towards the dinghy if she had fallen into the water. Oh, Okay. Um, that makes sense to me. The second autopsy said that it looked more like a beating. So, depends on which autopsy you listen Just to. Just on her arms, though? Like her face? There was no There injuries. wasn't, no. There wasn't a whole there lot was no injuries on her, like on her torso area. Okay. The surface temperature of the water at the time was 62 to 63 degrees Fahrenheit. So, it's chilly. 
mm-hmm. especially for someone who lives in LA and has never experienced cold. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when like we were waiting for Sarah's pool to heat up, when the pool water said it was like 80 degrees, it was still very cool. Yeah, it was still step pretty into cool. It. So yeah, I can imagine 60 degrees would be pretty chilly. The official theory at the time was she had as the alcohol. She was registering drunk, obviously, because mm-hmm. they had been drinking all night. So they basically decide or say that what probably happened was she was trying to cool off from the argument or whatever. She had gone to bed. She didn't want to deal with RJ and Christopher Walken arguing back and forth anymore. Okay. She didn't want to argue anymore. She's going to go to bed. For some reason, she gets up. Later on... She couldn't sleep because she was anxious, maybe, because of all the arguing. They don't give a reason why at the time, but later on, RJ would remember that she had often complained about the sound of the dinghy hitting the side of the boat with the waves. Oh, okay. Because the bedroom that they slept in was kind of towards the back of the boat where the dinghy was at. Gotcha. And she would complain about the noise. So his theory is that she went to go move the dinghy so it would stop making the noise and slipped on the water then because it had been raining. Mm -hmm. Um, So they say she slipped in, hit her head, grabbed the dinghy on the way down, and then it somehow was loosened from where it was tied to the boat. Or she had, like, loosened it before to move it so it would stop right. hitting. Whatever. Um, and she just hung on to the dinghy until she couldn't anymore. And the down jacket had absorbed water, making it really heavy. And so that's why she drowned, essentially. Why wouldn't she take the jacket off? It's a very good question. Because um, when the- they were retrieving her body, it slipped off. So it's not like it was hard to get off. Okay. Like, they're just pulling out of the water. All of that, that whole story makes complete sense to me. I get it. Especially if you're drunk and irritated and you hear the fucking dinghy knocking on the side of the boat. That's irritating. I can understand. Like, I would go out and try and fix that. That tracks to me. That makes sense to me. Her falling off the boat. I understand. That makes sense to me. I just think it's weird that maybe, maybe if it was cold, like she's saying it was, it was that cold, maybe like her body just took over at that point like she wasn't thinking about like taking the jacket off i don't know maybe but if it was weighing you down i feel like the instinct to not drown would be stronger than the instinct to survive the cold i don't know why wouldn't she pull herself up into the boat into the dinghy to get back could she that's hard i guess but it didn't look like she tried you think you would at least try I mean, how do we know that she didn't try, though? I mean, the dinghy wasn't flipped. There were no scratch marks on it. Okay. There was, like, you know, like, if you're clawing at it like that, I don't know. I just feel like there'd be evidence. But the bigger question is, there's a ladder right next to where the dinghy is. That goes to into get the back water. Into the boat? To get back onto the boat. Why wouldn't she just go to the ladder? This is not like it's a new boat that she's not familiar with. She would know it was there. Okay. Well, that's the part that I'm struggling with now. Everything else makes sense to me. I totally get how that could happen. Why she didn't use the ladder if she knew the ladder was there. It was weird. I feel like the ladder is weird. I feel like her not taking off the jacket is weird. Even if it's cold. Like, when you're really, really cold and you start to, like, shut down because it's cold, don't you usually undress anyway? Yeah, it is it is a thing that happens sometimes, yes. Especially if it's weighing you down and, like, mm-hmm. 
you know, she was, she could swim, but she wasn't a strong swimmer. Okay. Like, they're, Christopher Walken would say they cut part of Brainstorm because she wasn't a very strong swimmer, but she had, like, scenes in other movies where she was, like, in the water and swimming, and there was, like, home videos of her in the pool, and Natasha would talk about how they would swim in the pool a lot, but she wasn't, like, a strong swimmer, so you'd think that she would do everything she could to, like, give herself the best chance. I don't know. Mm, it's weird. Um, the captain did say they continued drinking when they got back to the Splendor, and that when they noticed that could she was missing- she been knocked out when she hit her head on the way down? Yeah, but if you hit your head and you get knocked out, you're not knocked out for more than a few seconds. But a few seconds, you're in the water. When you wake up, you're in water. Yeah. You probably, like, swallow a lot of water. But she, based on, um, the lack of rigor mortis when she was found, it had taken a while for her to drown. It's not like she drowned her first few seconds in the water. She had hung on to the dinghy for a while. She was found around 7, and she would have fallen in sometime after midnight before 1 o'clock. RJ said he'd last seen her around 12.45, so it'd be sometime in that, like, 15, 20-minute period. Okay. And he didn't see her? No. Nobody saw her fall in. Or heard her yelling? Nobody saw or heard her fall in. But, I mean, they were looking for her about 1, because 1.30 is when the call was made for help, right? Yeah, so... So, so they were actively looking for her between 1 and 1.30, I imagine. I would imagine. So, RJ said that he last saw him at 12.45. Um, the captain said that they discovered she was missing around midnight. So, there's okay. a little bit of, like... Discrepancy Discrepancy there. there. Uh, but... They presume she'd gone ashore and went back to the bar. So they call the bar at around 1.30, trying to see if she's still there. The bartender said they were no, that she wasn't there, obviously. And so at that point, they call in for a search to help find her. Okay. I think it's weird they waited an hour, though, to make sure that she was at the bar. An hour and a half. Yeah. If the boat captain's timeline is correct. Yeah, that said, some people don't do well under stress, so I don't want to necessarily, like, say that. Like, maybe they, like, genuinely didn't know what to do. Like, they're like... I mean, that's fair. It's late at night. You don't want to, like, wake everybody up in the town for, you know, if you're overreacting. If she, like, fell asleep somewhere. That wasn't her room. That's that's fair, but, I don't know. Boats are dangerous. I feel like maybe they should have been more aware of the danger. Even if nothing fishy was going on here. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should have been more concerned, I guess. Uh, the dinghy only traveled about one and a quarter miles. And um, Natalie was found about 200 yards north of it. So, two football fields. Okay. So the thought there would be that she held on until it was almost at shore and then kind of floated separately. The only thing I could think is, like, when she was trying to, so she, like, untied the dinghy thing. She's trying to, like, move it out of the way so it's not hitting the boat so she can sleep. Mm -hmm. She's already irritated. She falls. She hits her head. She's disoriented. She passes out. But the fact that she stayed alive that long, like, she would have had to hit her head really hard. Did they do, like, brain scan to see any, like, 
concussion, so, TBI stuff. Let's see. They had she had half inch to one inch bruises on her thigh, two inch bruise on her knee, recent bruises to the right upper leg and right ankle, small scratch, uh, abrasion on the forehead, left brow and upper cheek. That was all on the left side. That's where they think she fell. Mm-hmm. Um, there was white froth, which is seen a lot in drowning cases. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, almost always when someone drowns, there's yeah frothing. Uh, recent bruises to the back of the left thigh. A few day-old bruises on the back of the right thigh and knee. Fresh bruises and scratches on the right leg. There was no particular pattern to anything. They didn't really... The brain showed no injury and was examined by a neuropathologist. Okay. Microscopic findings of the brain showed no diagnostic features except for mild to moderate congestion. She was congested. Well, it's November. That tracks. <laughs> um, at least here in November, that definitely tracks. Okay, so... Her blood alcohol level was at 0.14. That's pretty high. It was pretty high. I don't know, honestly, like... I'm seeing accident for the most part. Like... There are some things that I agree are odd, unusual, but I get why it's fishy. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a little fishy. I don't necessarily think it was murder, but I do think it was fishy. They did open it up again in about 2018 to re I'm sorry, 2012. I don't know what's wrong with me. <clears throat> so they reopened the case in 2012 to look at it again at that time named R.J. Wagner as a person of interest. That's interesting. They did conclude, I think eventually they just like re, uh, reclassified it as an accident again and left it alone, but they did do like a second look at it. Partially, I think, because the lead medical examiner mm-hmm. on this case had been... Um, he'd been fired shortly after this. He did a lot of high-profile cases at the time, and he has a book now, which very worth the read. <laughs> um, he was fired for his handling of it, and he had issues from handling something before where he'd mentioned, um, another, I can't remember who it was, but he cut his neck on, like, a broken bottle and, like, died, and he'd mentioned that he was drunk at the time, and people kind of criticized him for that. Um... Which... Well, I I think the assumption that if he cut his neck on a broken bottle is... I don't know, my head would immediately go to, oh, like a vodka bottle. Yeah. But... Anyway, um... That was kind of... he. But the point is that he wasn't getting fired because he didn't handle the cases the way that everybody thought he should have handled them at the time. Uh, Okay. So I think they partially opened it just because he was He was considered, like questionable. I don't think he did his job badly. I just, I don't know. I think they were a little bit picky about how it sounded. Because it was high profile cases. Yeah, they don't, 
the publicist probably had to do a lot of extra work. Yeah, can't have that. Um, and partially because people were still asking questions, so I guess they were like, meh. Let's look. Dr. I really don't want to butcher this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try, though. Uh, Dr. Noguchi, I believe, is how you say it. But that does not sound right. I don't know. <laughs> the other thing that people really questioned was nobody hearing her calling for help. John Payne and his girlfriend, Marilyn Wayne, uh, commodities brokers, contacted the police a couple days after Natalie's death and told them that they had been sleeping aboard their boat, the Capricorn, Mm -hmm. which was moored near the Splendor that night. And around midnight, Payne had heard a woman yelling, help me, someone please help me, and the voice was coming near the stern of the Splendor. Um, Payne believed it was someone from the dinghy. He woke up his girlfriend, who heard the cries too. They claimed they hadn't responded because there's a loud, they were being loud and drunk. And there was another loud, drunken party going on kind of near there. Mm-hmm. So they thought that it was someone just, like, playing around the thought it was a prank, essentially. Okay. From the drunkards nearby. Um, that always sucks. From the party, they heard somebody kind of mockingly respond, Okay, honey, we'll get you. Um, so they thought the whole thing was a joke, or that it was, like, sort of already taken care of. Okay. But if somebody from two separate groups, from two separate boats, mm-hmm. had heard her crying from help, how did... Neither RJ or Christopher or the captain yeah, hear her. That's real weird. That's real weird. Um, there were scratches on the side of the Valiant. Okay. Fingernail scratches. Um, there were none on the side of the dinghy, though. But it seemed like she'd kind of hung on for a while after that, after she'd gone to the dinghy to sort mm-hmm. of. Hang on to. I, I just think it's weird she didn't take the jacket off. Like, if it's really sopping and, like, holding her down, why would you not? It came off so easily when they were retrieving her mm. from the water. That's so weird to me. The whole thing kind of raised some questions. How did nobody hear? Why was the ignition off in the dinghy? Why was she even out there? Why did it take, you know, almost two hours to call in the Coast Guard? Why mm-hmm. did it take so long for you guys to call in a search in general? Um... Everybody knew they were fighting, so that was kind of, like, added to the whole intrigue of it. Um, Why did they even keep the boat trip? The weather was awful. Yeah, I don't know why they kept the boat trip. I don't... If he did something, I don't think it was premeditated. Personally. (laughs) I don't. Um, But I don't know why they would keep the boat trip. That just bothered me from the start. Like, what are you doing in November, right after Thanksgiving in a rainy day, with Christopher Walken, why? (laughs) Like, you're fighting. I thought that was weird, that they even went. Um, But none of this is necessarily damning. Yeah. It's also kind of suspicious, which also kind of conspiratorial, I will admit. But the woman who died Mm -hmm. with the cut that had been mentioned, sorry, it was a man, was the boyfriend of RJ's co-star on that show, actor William Holden. 
Interesting. And there were rumors that there was a romance sparking up there. Which, again, very is interesting. very conspiratorial. And yeah, I'm not saying that's what sure. happened at all. But, like, it is interesting to think about. Like, yeah. Hmm. It is bizarre that this man would oh. have so many connections to weird, bizarre deaths. And it was the same corner. That was the... Uh, that was the accident where he mentioned the drinking that he had kind of gotten roasted for. And then he did Natalie's, and that's the one that got him fired. It's very interesting. He didn't say anything super, like, concrete in his book about whether or not he believed that anything had happened with Natalie, by the way. Like, yeah. if that's what you're reading the book for, it's not worth it. But, like, it is interesting to see what he said about other yeah. profile cases that he had. He does say a lot of nothing about Natalie's case, and it's the one he starts off the book with, so... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that's, like, specifically, this was definitely murder. But there's a yeah. lot that's, like, but was it an accident? I can see where it would have been an accident, and then instead of helping her, he was like, uh, it's not worth it. Like, that, I believe. I don't think that he, like, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't see this being like a premeditated like thing or like they were arguing and she was like yelling and got aggravated about like the dinghy on the boat and then he like pushed her off. I see that. I can see that. I can see that like a crime of passion style. Yeah. I do not think this is premeditated at all. If this was anything. Right. Um, it's weird. There's definitely things that are weird. There's definitely weird things. My thing is if she was but, clawing at the side of it, it like... The scratches were literally so close to the ladder. So I feel like there had to have been a reason that she didn't go, go to the ladder. ladder. Yeah. Could and the ladder be removed or anything? Or, like, blocked? That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. did she fall in and he just kind of blocked the ladder and watched her drown? Did he push her and then block off the ladder? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's possible. I... I just... To be honest, everything else seems, like, in line with an accident to me. Should they have been out there? Absolutely fucking not. What were you doing? Right. But, like, I I feel like this was probably an accident. Was something done to cover it up later? Or, like, prevent her from getting back on the boat? Maybe? It's weird. I think the biggest thing here that, like, really had people questioning it because it's kind of suspicious but then yeah. when you got dennis danver captain dennis danver's statement that like there was more that happened yeah it's weird and then when you look at christopher walken he's so unwilling to talk about it he released one statement and he was basically he basically said whatever happened that night she's the only one who knows because she was alone um it was raining. She slipped. It happens. Um, it's a little cold. But, she'd I mean, gone to bed before us. Her room was at the back. The dinghy was bouncing against the side of the boat. I think she went out to move it. There was a ski ramp that was partially in the water. It was slippery. I'd walked on it myself. She told me she couldn't swim. And they'd cut a swimming scene from Brainstorm. She was probably half asleep, and she was wearing a coat. Now... She did know how to swim. There were plenty of, like, clips mm-hmm. of her, like, swimming in the pool. And then there was that movie. What was it called? Um, in Splendor in the Grasses, where her character attempts suicide by drowning. 
Ooh, ironically dark. enough. Dark. Um, and then she had another swimming scene in Sex and the Single Girl, which she was Sex and the Single Girl, which she was also in. When she could swim, but she wasn't a strong swimmer. Yeah, um, which I think is more what he was getting well, at. She there, wasn't but. a strong swimmer. She was on a sedative of some kind. I'm sure she was very drunk. So it went it was back, very cold. Uh, according to the autopsy, I don't think there's actually any drugs in her system. I thought there was, but I am mistaken. I think I was thinking of the Kathleen Peterson murder where she was, okay. had yeah. the sleeping drugs. But she was drunk. It was 0.14. That's a high alcohol content. The water was very cold. It was. I don't know. It's weird to me that there was no brain trauma. She was, like, hit hard enough that, like, she was so disoriented she couldn't get back up in the boat. It's kind of weird. It is weird. It's I weird. There's I just... so much weird about it. But there's not enough to, like, completely, like, damn There's no smoking guns. Yeah, no. There's nothing that I'm like, that motherfucker did it. Like, Kathleen Peterson? Oh, yeah, no. That motherfucker did it. But yeah, on this one, it's like, know. but did he do it? Yeah. Plus, I don't think one argument about leaving the kids with their nanny who knows them and cares for them very well is a reason to kill someone. So I'm having a hard time with the motive there, too. Like, what was the reason? Like, why would you want her dead? Because you were a little pissed off with her right then? It's just, that doesn't track to me. That's fair, but I will say, the first time they were having marital problems, nobody knew they were having issues until I got divorced. Like, they kept it very under wraps, so if they were having issues again, I could see them not saying anything. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the 60s, like... This would be the 80s at this point. She, uh, it was 1981. Okay. A weekend in November. 1981. It's weird. I don't know. November 27th. I don't feel that there's enough here to say that, like, this was an intentional death. So, by default, I would say, I guess it's an accident, but, like, I'm not confident in that either. (laughs) Like, I don't feel good about saying that. (laughs) Especially because the the other boats heard her, and why didn't they help her if they heard her? Or did they hear her, and that was that, like, a thing that came out later, like... Well... Like, they were trying to insert themselves into something. I mean, I guess. I feel like their explanation for why they didn't help made sense. Like, the, the drunken one... parties and everything. And then the other party, you know, they were drunk. They were fucking around. They probably thought it was a joke, too. Yeah. It bothers me. It bothers me, yeah. But I could see other people ignoring it. Again... I mean, you're and, taught as like pretty young as a girl. If there's issues, you don't say help; you say fire. Right. right. So the the other thing is, Christopher Walken was on her side in this argument situation. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. Oh, but I guess we don't know from her perspective. We only know from their perspective. From Christopher Walken's perspective, but I mean, RJ also said that that's what they were fighting. Although he did say in the documentary that. After everything had happened, Christopher Walken was a pretty stand-up guy. Which I also, I don't know, gave me, like, weird, creepy crawlies. I don't know. Ew. He was a stand-up guy. Maybe, I mean, I guess he was nice after his I mean, then again, up. they're Hollywood people, so they're just trying yeah. to, like, smooth over the... They're like, trying to, you that's know... That's fair. They're just trying to... They don't need any more drama over this. They're tr- their publicists fair, coached yeah. them well. Which I think is, is, is also harder to tell, like, what's true and what's not, because they do have a publicist telling them what to say. That's true. So, like, we don't know if this is genuinely how they want to express themselves. 
That's fair. Although, I don't know. I don't think Archie ever got back into acting after he went to Europe and, like, started his family and everything. I guess he was doing that movie. Or that, not that movie. That show. That TV show, but. Yeah. I don't know. He was never that big, I guess. Was Yeah. Conspiracy theorists will have you believe that, uh, they each killed their partners so that they could be free, but. They each killed their partners. I told you that RJ's co-star was the girlfriend of the guy who mysteriously fell on a coffee table and cut his neck open after drinking vodka and breaking the bottle. Oh, so RJ and that girl got together? Um, no. Okay, so this is actually pretty fucked up and upsets me. All right. Um, that's why I don't believe that one. I'm just telling you, like, yeah, yeah. If you like go deep into the conspiracy theories on Reddit, that one's there. Um, no, so after her funeral, a friend of theirs comes by to offer her condolences, and they start dating. Ick. They waited a while to get married. Okay. But they started dating very quickly afterwards. I and it's that. weird to me that they, like... I don't like that. ...bonded over her giving her condol... Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I... I I literally knew this couple and they were very happy and very sweet and they met each other while their spouses of of like most of their lives were in hospice together like and they bonded over like that loss like they were each That's other's fair but I think there's a big difference thing. in like somebody in hospice you know it's coming yeah and the tragic no, sudden is. death of your 40 year old wife yeah that you've, like, magically gotten to reconnect with. That right. you didn't even... You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Those are very different to me. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Some people can't be alone, though. That's true. Some people just can't. I don't know. That was not necessarily, like, a red flag, but, like, was icky and I didn't like it. Yeah. I agree. Um, If Patrick died in a tragic accident, I would not just... That, no. His, I don't think I would be able to I, even entertain that as a possibility. I honestly don't even know. It's ick. If I would ever date again. I feel like but I'd I'm be not, that person that like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like for the rest of forever. Been there. Done that. I don't know. The only thing I can say is like, it's weird. It's a very bizarre accident. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't. I guess we really will never know because the only people on that boat say they don't know what happened. Or they say they know what happened but won't talk about it. So that's not really helpful either. I feel like this captain is an attention grabber. Like he's just one of those people, he just wants attention. But I also would like to know what he has to say. Right. Just because... I feel like you're going to be able to tell immediately if what he's saying is bullshit. Like, you're going to know. I can show you the, like, his interview. But his interview said nothing. I mean, he basically just said more happened on that ship than they're going to tell you. And that's all he would say. I wonder if he had to sign an NDA to be a boat captain of, like, a... That's what I... I don't know. Hmm. He just said he couldn't say anymore, but that... It needed to be looked into. Isn't an NDA, like, completely null and void when there's a murder involved? I honestly don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's... We need to know, people. (laughs) I'm not a lawyer. Um, If you have thoughts, opinions on the case, you can hit us up on the socials. Yeah. 
we are at Modus Murder on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can send us an email at modus.operandi93 at gmail.com. 93, by the way, is uh, the highest number of serial killer victims ever proven to be the victims of a single serial killer. Just fun facts. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. Bye.